0: Mike Hollis is a former nine-season NFL Pro Bowl kicker with a career that spanned from 1994 to 2003, landing him stints with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chargers, Buffalo Bills, and New York Giants. At 5'8", Mike Hollis wasn't the biggest or most athletic guy in the field, but he always knew he could out-technique and outwork anyone under the right circumstances. Going against a grain of widely accepted kicking coaching philosophy, Hollis has earned the respect of his clients, as his mentoring has helped develop numerous NFL, CFL, XFL, and Arena League specialists. With his company Proform Kicking Base in Jacksonville, Florida. In this show, you'll discover why the worst thing you can do to a young athlete is tell them how good they are, understand the difference between a results based kicker versus a process based kicker, and find out why you should stop kicking with your leg. Enjoy. What is
1: your super secret origin story, Mike Hollis? Well, I mean, where do I start? I mean, my super secret is is um, you know, the technique that I was I was taught um at, at a fairly young age, I would say, uh, you know, I the, the guy who was uh who who is my mentor, his name is Jim Gatano. Um not not uh, extremely well known uh in the kicking industry. He's kind of a an old school coach, but uh the the things that um he taught me were uh, extremely unique, and they still kind of are believe it or not, which is really um it's it 's hard to hear you know some of the things that are being taught out there still to this day, which is another reason that I love to share my my secrets, I guess because it, i i'm i 'm tired of having to unteach a bunch of stuff that these kids are coming in doing um <clears throat> so ultimately you know the with the technique that that I use. And that I've that I've, I've used in my career, my nine-year NFL career, um, and then also you know with coaching, of course. But it, it's uh, it, it allows for 100% of the body uh, to be involved in the kick, where 99%, just throwing that number out there, but a lot, a lot of kids out there are are not using their fullest potential. And the biggest selling point that that I have with regards to um, you know whether a, a kid would want to use this technique or not is the fact that, you know, with, um, well, a couple points, I should say, but there's a lot of kicking coaches out there as you and I both know. Um, and they've, they've, they've sprouted out of nowhere in the last, you know, 10, 10 years or so or more. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of times there are coaches that, uh, may have played, you know, division one, two or three, you know, NAIA's you know, college football and, um, you know they they typically in my opinion from what i've learned or you know kind of bigger you know maybe athletic guys that that had a technique that they used that worked for them whether they were taught that or not um but more than likely and if you you give it a, a perfect example is the nfl why why isn't there more than just 32 amazingly good kickers um, it's because, you know, the, the, the guys in the NFL even today are extremely athletic, way more athletic than, than, than I am or ever was, and the fact that uh, they're becoming more athletic than just the general kicking population years ago as well. So um, when you've got a very athletic kicker who might be very big and strong, and, you know, like I said, freakishly athletic, they get away with a lot of movements that guys like me cannot do. And if I'm going to be out there teaching somebody, if I'm an extremely athletic guy and big and strong and all three that I mentioned, if I'm out there teaching guys to do what I did, it's not going to work for everybody. And, you know, with with me being, you know, 180 pounds, you know, five foot eight on a really good day back when I played. You know, I I couldn't I couldn't compete with the Sebastian Janikowski's of the kicking world with just my athletic ability or and or my my leg only I needed I needed more um, because I wasn't freakishly athletic and I wasn't real big and was not very strong, you know, so ultimately, um, you know, the the you can compare it to something like golf, you know, golf has been around a million years. And, uh, there, you know, there's, there's a very much larger market for golfers. You got the, you know, the, 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 the parents, the kids, the grandparents, you know, the age range goes from anywhere, you know, from five to 95, if you want to, you know, and, and, and the gender, you know, women play it, men play it. A lot of people play golf and, and they have for a very long time. And there's been pretty much some pretty general standards that have set, have been set within the, the golf industry and the technique industry as far as within golf. And ultimately they, they're almost, you know, they've, they've figured golf out and now it's just a matter of who can control their mind during, during the golf, you know, match. Um, Cause you look at a hundred of the top, you know, golfers in the world and their swings are very similar. There might be some, some differences here and there, but for the most part, for the general, um, uh, form, you can see that there's some some very similar things that these guys do. Well, in the kicking world, obviously the, the market is way less, you know, as far as age and, and gender and and you know abilities and, and time that, that that the kickers would be actually playing um, and kicking. Um, so there hasn't um, yet been, you know, a, a kind of a, a uniform sort of set of standards in the kicking world. Um, there is still uh, and it's getting better, but it's still not good enough. In my opinion, um, there, there's still guys out there doing different things. And, and ultimately I've I come across a lot of guys that think way too hard on kicking. They they want to do all these tiny little things and talk about their arms and where their pinky was placed and where their toes are at. And where, you know, <laughs> I'm like, man, you're way overthinking this, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so ultimately you know, what, what I teach and, and, and the reason it was effective is because I'm, I'm using more than just my kicking leg to kick the football. I'm using my entire body and, and, and forward momentum that, Mm -hmm. uh, that allows, you know, for that to happen. And, And you look at any, any sort of set skill and, and in order for you to be consistent at that set skill, you've got to have some, some control over what you're doing. And when guys are, 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 running real aggressive at the ball and they're, and they're stopping because they're turning to the left as a right foot kicker would um, you're, you're, you're giving up a lot of that, you know, that stuff you could be putting into the kick. And so mm-hmm. you're, you're not using um, uh, everything that you possibly can. And, and, and kind of the moral of my story, the biggest selling point for me is the fact that guys who are, are kicking with their leg only. In other words, they're, they're running aggressive up to the ball only to stop because of a few reasons, um, and swinging hard with their leg, there's a lot less control and, and only the good, the good ones, the great ones, the NFL guys, typically only those kind of guys can get away with, with that kind of uncontrolled swing. Right. Um, so the the selling point that I'm really trying to make is, is that, uh, <clears throat> what, what there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, a level, um, that you as a, we'll call them leg kickers. If you're a leg kicker, there's, only a certain level of success you can achieve when you do it the way I'm doing it and teaching it, the potential for being better than even your best leg swinger, leg kicker is, is even more. So my point is that, that there's, there's a, there's a, a, a breaking point you can only get so far with leg kicking. You gotcha. can get much further in my opinion with the, the form that I teach. And so what is the one
0: thing that everybody disagrees with you on with your technique? Like what's, what's the one thing that ticks off everybody about what you coach?
1: (laughs) Well, there, there might be more than one. Um, but you know, the the thing with, uh, most guys who don't understand the technique, um, there's a couple things. One is the, is the backswing. Um, a guy who wants to swing heavy with their leg, which is a lot of guys, they typically, uh, and again, it's getting better, but it's still not as good as it should be. Um, th- they put a lot of emphasis on big back swings, um, you know, and if I add another one, plant foot location, you know, they're teaching guys to plant way too close, which makes you stop and do a bunch of adjusting at the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing for me, the, the, the thing that people look at me and say, that's crazy, um, is the fact that I don't <laughs> hurdle on kickoffs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, it's, I understand why I, I don't emphasize hurdling, but 90% of the people out there don't, they, mm-hmm. they want to fight me on a lot of stuff. And I'm like, you guys are getting it all wrong. There's, there's a lot more to getting to the best of your ability. And if you're going to focus on the masses and what they're thinking and teaching, how do you teach a hurdle? Tell a guy to run really fast and, and bend over. I promise you the guy's going to hurdle. And guys who want to hurdle on kickoffs, I say, listen, I I, I challenge you two things. I want you to control your speed and stay tall when you kick off. And I, and I, and I challenge you, I I bet I'll put money on it that you will not hurdle if you can do those two things truly. Hmm. Um, And nine times out of 10, they, they don't hurdle, but um, ultimately it's because they're, they're controlling, you know, the being tall on your run is going to govern your speed. And then also, you know, you're not going to run too fast. When you run too fast, you bend over and you have to stop to kick the ball because your leg's too slow or too late. So ultimately, your, your, your weight will be kind of back behind you when you actually strike the ball, which is where you need to be on a, on a kickoff and a field goal. And that's the thing, too, is that so many guys are teaching so many different things And they're making it complicated. They're teaching field goals a certain way. And then they're turning around and teaching a kickoff a totally different way. I'm like, why would you do that? Using a different part of the foot, you know, different sort of mental cues, as you mentioned before. Um, You know, and for me, a kickoff, there's only two differences on a kickoff. You're running a little bit faster. And the differences between a a kickoff and a field goal is is two two different differences. You're running a little faster on a kickoff from a further distance those are the only two things that I believe are different between a kickoff and a field goal gotcha
0: and do you find like do you find that people have and this is I often find this too a lot of coaches like myself or yourself we all talk and we all feel like there are different coaching styles but in actuality we're really not all the time but in a lot of cases we're all talking about the same image in our head, but the terminology is really different. So then we all start, you know, blaming each other for ruining kicking. Do you find that that's true? That terminology kind of gunks up a lot of guys that you work with?
1: Well, I, I yeah, I do. I, I believe that their, their terminology is it's kind of twofold. I think the terminology you know, it makes them sound professional. <laughs> yeah. But I've had so many kids that come to me and, and talk in a language that I don't understand. I'm like, what what does that mean? And they're looking at me like, how is this former NFL all pro kicker not know what I'm talking about? But I don't. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> um and again it's and I think it's just adding what kicking coaches sometimes might think is, is credibility, you know, Oh, look at me, I, you know, throw out these fancy words for certain things. I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but um, sometimes, and, and I, I don't know the exact number of this, but I'm sure that a lot of the, the things that they're throwing the, these weird, you know, language slang languages to are, are things that probably I wouldn't teach anyway. So I, I don't know. I mean, you, but the butt tuck. Well, right. What is the butt tuck? Well, it's, it's throwing your heel back into your butt cheek on a, on a, on a backswing. Well, I don't teach a butt tuck. I never will. Right. Um, and and of course there's a, a lot of, you know, close the gate, you know, a lot of lateral terms, terminologies that I, I will never use. Right. I never coach. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause when you look at some of the, the NFL guys, some of those guys are, are self-taught like Guskowski, for example, he never worked with a coach. So when I connected with him through Carney at one of his camps, I mean, his terminology was completely different because he had never really, he's so athletic that he kind of could figure it out on his own, but it was just interesting to see how this guy could have so much success. And he had no idea what any of these other kids were talking about with the terminology <laughs> they were, they were bringing to him. And he's, you know, a pro bowl, super bowl. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that they're you know the the guys are learning in their own little ways, and of course, if you're self-taught, you don't know what to call things, and you're making up words as you go, which is perfectly fine. Um, the thing that and it's very similar to what I do. I you know I, I call things certain things based on what it is I do, but but the thing that separates me, and this is this is serious because I don't like the fact that there's a bunch of kicking coaches out there that will never demonstrate or never compete with their kickers, or never do any of that. I'm 40, almost 48 years old, and I can still outkick most of my kickers. Um, It's because I got the form down, and ultimately with the stuff that I'm teaching, it's very simple to do once you learn it, and once you can repeat it, and do it over and over again, it's a very simple movement, complex, you know, variety of movements, but once you know how to do them, Mm -hmm. it's very simple to repeat, and so when you got a kicking coach out there that does not, demonstrate. Uh, it's almost like they're almost afraid because okay. they're not sure where the ball is going to go or not sure what it is they're teaching is good. But I'm telling you, and, and the things that I teach are, are very odd with regards to what I tell the kid I'm going to do when I, and what I have them watch for and then where the ball goes because what I have them watch for and what I want to tell them what I'm going to do, it does not make sense. It doesn't say those Those things that I tell them that I'm going to do and where the ball will go, they think there's no way that ball will go where he's telling me it's going to go if he does those few things. Well, lo and behold, I demonstrate and sure enough, it goes where it's supposed to go and the kid will agree. Yeah. You told me you're going to do that and you did that and the ball went the way you told me it was going to go. I didn't think it was going to go that way. This was crazy. Right.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Like about a year or two ago, I was (laughs) looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, man, I'm getting crushed by the kids that I'm trying to coach here. So yeah, it's funny. Like, you know, it, it's very easy to forget how hard kicking was when you're a high school kid or, or a college kid. And then you've been an adult for a couple of years and now you're out of it. Um, do you find that, I guess, I was trying to just think here. So I guess in terms of, you know, when I was talking to Henry Nell, who's a kid that you've been working with quite a bit, he's got a good swing. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess I would call it your signature swing. So if I see a guy on film, I'm like, oh, he probably worked with Hollis or he looks like something that Hollis might do. It's a, it's like a straighter follow-through.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you kind of
0: talk me through your philosophy of like the leg swing and the follow-through? Because I know that, that obviously everybody's got their own little quirks. Um, but w- what is it about having a straighter follow-through that you feel helps get – the ball higher farther and straighter
1: well really a one-word answer would be momentum mm-hmm. um you, you you think about um driving a car 100 miles an hour and you have a 90 degree turn ahead of you and we'll say it's a left turn because most right foot kickers will turn left um you've you got a can you make that turn 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. right no you can't no can you know you cannot make that turn 100 miles an hour you've got to slow down to turn Ninety degrees. Most kickers do that. They run up to the ball. They take their three steps up to the ball, um, and there's a couple different things that they do. You know, some are way too short to the ball, so there's really no momentum built at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but others are further back, which is exactly what I would like to, But if they're going to turn, they're going to they're going to devalue or degrade or limit the momentum that they've. You know, there's a reason why you're back three steps. Mm-hmm. Or or whatever it is you want. In other words, the the guys that are back far enough, in my opinion, there's a reason why they're back far enough because they want, and they'll answer this too. Oh yeah, momentum. Well, you know, little Johnny, if you're turning left to kick the ball, where's your forward momentum going now? Mm -hmm. It's going nowhere. You've slowed down to make that turn because all because of what maybe somebody else taught you. Oh, you got to turn to kick the ball. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. You don't have to turn. Um, Ultimately the, the, the biggest you know, mental cue or, or whatever you wanna call it with regards to, you know, forward swing is the fact that, you know, the the, the, the target is left. Uh, I, uh, everything I'm referring to obviously is right foot kicker. So was, uh, the, the problem with the right footed soccer style kicker is that once they, they do the three steps back, we'll just say three and two, they go back three, they line up, then they go to the left two steps. So now as they stand there, they are left of the football. Mm-hmm. And as they stand there, look up at the goalpost or the target or whatever it is they're trying to kick it to, is the fact that now that target is left of them. So as as a right foot kicker, if I if I go to the t- two steps over to the left, as I'm standing there before I kick the ball, the ball I am left of the ball, and the target is left of me. Naturally, what do you think your brain's thinking? Well, I got to do something left because the ball's got to go left of me. That's why guys turn. I'm telling you, you do not have to turn. And ultimately, my point is, with regards to the forward swing, that is the ultimate reason why you swing forward is because you want to have you, – you want to add your momentum in the kick. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot to do with the backswing too. You have a big backswing and forward momentum. You, you can't – unless you're extremely athletic, you cannot combine typically most of those or both of those together. So my point is that is that, you know, when you get a guy that – swings more forward, he's adding more momentum at and after the ball even. So when you refer to follow through and hell, guys, it's just crazy. I just, I shake my head sometimes and, and pull my hair out, which I'm bald. So it's, it's, it's common. <laughs> I'm getting there, <laughs> uh, Pull man. my hair out when guys are talking about, well, he told me just to, to, to focus on my follow through and, and just try to swing higher. No, the follow through is a result of what you do before you kick the ball. Mm-hmm. You're in flexibility, too. And that's the other thing, too, I'll bring up because a lot of not a lot of kickers want to work on flexibility. If you're extremely athletic and you're swinging really hard, there is absolutely no reason you need to be flexible other than maybe trying to stay healthy and, and, and you know, injury free. But when you're wanting to take advantage of that full momentum and everything you've got in your body to kick the football, then, yeah, you've got to be flexible, especially on kickoffs. Mm-hmm. That's why I can still have good speed going through the ball and I don't land on my kicking foot. I don't hurdle because of my, primarily because of a lot of other things I'm doing, but what helps obviously is the flexibility. so if you're right. flexible, you can, you can get away with good technique better than you can if you're not. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's,
1: yeah, I mean,
0: in, in high school, if you're kicking off a two inch block, you know, you can, you can basically be up and running with an extra point, basically doing a corner kick. Um, but definitely as you get lower and lower to the ground, it's gonna get harder and harder to get away with that form because your margin for error gets down. One of the questions I get a lot from the high school kids looking to make that jump into college is transitioning. Like, How do I transition from a, a block to the ground? And that's that's a huge reality check for a lot of kids. I know obviously now they have the half inch block, which does help a little bit in transitioning down. What would be the first step you would take to get a high school kid up and running, trying to kick off the ground?
1: Well, it, it, um, I'll, I'll make this one comment and then I'll move on, but it's unfortunate there's a lot of coaches out there getting these kids that are freshmen in high school to kick you know, one inch T, or even the ground, even in some cases, and and they they encourage this because oh, colleges like to see you kick off the ground. But if the kid is young and 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 you know maybe he's incredibly athletic and he can, he can get away with it, but he's still probably not going to get the height that he would, you know. You know, with a one inch tee or two inch tee, even. So, what I'm, my point is that there's so, many, so much emphasis on, on, on coaches telling their kids to kick off the ground earlier mm-hmm. because of college recruiting purposes. I, 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 again, I don't agree. There's another thing that people scratching ahead head of me. Like, I, I don't agree with that. Why don't, why don't you take advantage of, of a tee in high school and college and, and make your kicks? If you're kicking off the ground and you're not making anything, what good is your college <laughs> recruiting going to be? You right. know, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Right. So ultimately, the, the the thing that I would tell um, kids is the, the there's there's two things um, that the biggest the biggest things you really have to focus on is is uh, getting away from the ball wider plant foot. And that, and that should be with any case, whether it's a one inch tee, two inch tee or the ground, um, getting separation from the ball, which ultimately, in my opinion, is this the wider plant foot, but uh, also staying tall. Um, you know, when you bend over, you're you're swinging down. Um, at that point. And if you bend over and, and um, if you're over the ball and you're swinging down, you're going to be kicking the ground or the tee. So um, staying tall is a, is a big, big deal. Um, and, and regardless of what, what uh, tee or, 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 you know, if you're kicking off the ground, it doesn't matter. Um, you got to be tall. As a matter of fact, the, t- the the higher the ball is off the ground, the taller I want to be because ultimately I'm hitting the majority of the football and if I showed you where my my what they call the sweet spot is, you would be like, and that's another thing. The guys are scratching there. Like, that is just absolutely crazy. Where I actually make contact with the football is is in a big portion of the football. It's not the bottom third. I'm not kicking under the ball and people, oh, you got a small foot. That has nothing to do with how I'm kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I hit the, the ball in the in pretty much the middle of the football. But the, the the reason I get the ball up in the air so well is because I'm kicking on an upswing. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what we're doing is we're teaching guys how to strike the the fattest part of the football, which, by the way, has the most compression, um, using the, the best part of your leg. Notice I didn't say foot. Using the best part of your kicking leg. All of that on an upswing. That's the nutshell of our form, our technique. Yeah. And that's going to get guys to get the ball up in the air. And a lot of guys, they, they, they treat it differently. They, they think, well, i got to get the ball up in the air, so that means I've got to swing lower. I get hit lower on the ball. Well, you're, you're, you're diminishing your, your c- compression when you're kicking lower at the ball. Um, right. and, and also, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. You might be able to chop the ball and get it up in the air. That's great. And that's why I just cringe every time I see these guys kicking five-yard field goals. You know, you know the up drills. You know, I used oh, to kick yeah, that, seven was the furthest I would ever go back. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said that wrong. The seven seven yards is the furthest or the closest I'd ever go. I, I wouldn't try anything closer than seven yards. There's no reason to. And by the way, when I was kicking, if I had to do these up drills, like sometimes the coach made me do, I would put another set of goalposts fifty yards down the field in behind the the set I'm actually kicking on, and I right. got to make goals. How many guys are going to do that? Right.
0: Yeah, it's funny because, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – <laughs> a lot of kids don't – well, I think it's – kids are in a tough spot because their high school coaches love height. Like, they, they just get the ball up in the air, period, get it up in the air. It also looks great on slow-mo, on Instagram, and all that stuff. But it's almost it's almost like – I do it too because, I mean, Instagram's fun. But you don't want to be a prisoner of slow-mo. Like, just because the ball looks high and lofty on film – doesn't mean it's going to fly well in all types of weather. Like if you look at a lot, obviously when you're watching an HD, you know, 50 inch screen TV on Sundays, a lot of these NFL kickers look like they're getting a ton of height and some guys do, but the, you know, the really prolific guys, their balls are, aren't much higher, but they hit it really clean. And it's almost like, would you rather have, I think if you asked a a coach, would you rather have 15 more feet of height or 10 more yards on a kick? They'd all take 10 more yards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um,
0: interesting. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And it's funny, uh, Ryan Quigley, who used to punt for the Jets and the Vikings, he was telling me once that in – I think he ended, he ended up playing at uh, Boston College, but he played his entire high school career kicking off a two-inch block. You know, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of the same logic. You know, if you have the ability to use it, uh, you know, go for it. Do you right. f- um Now we're going to kind of transition more into the mental side, which is, you know, more fun in in some respects. Uh, What is your favorite failure that you ever had as a pro athlete? And, you know, maybe something that in the moment really was awful, but then
1: later set you up for long-term success. My favorite failure. I've never been asked that before. I love that. It's good. Um, My favorite failure, I guess, is, is, was, was my, my preseason of of my second year in the league i my first year in 95 i was with you know of course with the jaguars and i, I wasn't i wasn't i was a, basically a rookie i I'd spent uh, training camp the year before with the chargers um and and compete against john carney of course so i'm like i knew going in that there's no way i was going to win the job however i almost did <laughs> um <laughs> but uh going in there i knew i was you know going to be comp- competing against one of the, the best ever so uh, and I, I just, I t- took an opportunity to, to kind of learn, but ultimately um, after playing one year in Jacksonville in 95, um, my first year, I was like, "What well, I think it was 20 of 27. And, you know, I was, you know, it was a new team. We were not that we were, we were four and 12. So I'm thinking, you know, I, 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 by by no means do I have my job settled. I gotta I gotta really pick it up and do better. So I put some more pressure on myself going into my second season with the Jaguars, which I think ultimately kind of um, hurt me early on in, in training camp and, and preseason because I had a stretch of of three kicks in a row that I had missed in in the first I think the first two preseason games, and going into the third preseason game, actually I think it was maybe. Two in the, the game before, or something. But going into the third game, I had missed a, a kick. It was against uh, St. Louis, against the Rams in in St. Louis in the Dome, and I'd missed a kick in the first half, um, which was my third in a row, I believe. Um, and then we had it right at the end of the end of the game, or I'm sorry, at the end of the half, we had a, uh, an opportunity to kick a uh, a uh, what was it uh, a 56 yard field goal? No, I'm sorry, it's 54. And, um, we had a delay a game. I'm like, okay, great. You know, I guess I'm coming off and Brian's going to have to, you know, punt a ball inside the 20 from, from whatever yard line we were on. So, uh, but Coughlin had confidence in me and that was like kind of a, a make or break deal for me right then and there. So we took the the delay game penalty and, uh, backed it up five yards. So I'm kicking 59 yards and uh, he kept me in the field and uh, I went ahead and, and absolutely murdered the ball um, and I knew that I knew that it was and I'm not saying aggressively murdered it but I kicked it really well hit it pretty pretty solid um, and I knew that that was going to be a, a make or break moment for me and I, I happened to make it um, and from that point on my confidence level was was really high so um, and I and I had you know the the, the feeling that I could I could do this, you know, and so ultimately the my favorite failure would be, I guess, the c- accumulation of missing three in a row. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, prior to that, prior to that kick,
0: can you kind of talk a little bit about what it was like to kick for Tom Coughlin? Because one of the one of the recurring statements I hear from a lot of college and high school specialists is, you know, my coach hates me, and my coach doesn't like to kick, and all this, and and Coughlin has a, you know, kind of this outward. You know, old school coach mentality. Um, but I'm kind of curious, what was it like to to play for him, uh, and how did he kind of view the kicking game
1: with you? Tom was was very. Um, uh, he he shared his importance in the in the special teams. He was very in tune to the three phases of the game, and and uh, really wanted to focus on that. And I mean, Tom was. You talk about somebody who knows the game inside and out. And and he was a statistician. That guy knew every stat of every single thing you can possibly imagine. Um, and he was a numbers guy. And so he would look at stats and look at trends and and figure out which you know which was working best. And and he would it wasn't like a copycat thing, but he would find out certain things. Anyways, that's not really the subject. But ultimately, Tom was uh, Tom was a perfectionist too. So that that was really um, where some guys you know, he wanted structure, you know, he was the disciplinarian and, and wanted to make sure that everyone followed his rules and, and he, he laid down the guidelines and the rules and, and the structure. And, you know, that was, that was part of his sort of perfectionist, um, perfectionism, if I should say. He was, uh, and th- that part of him obviously is teaching guys structure and discipline and, and you know, f- pretty much perfectionism. Um, but the ultim- ultimately, you know, on the field, Whatever it is you're doing, whatever is your, you know, on the football field, whatever your position is, he expected you to do your best. And and there's no room for any errors. You cannot make errors. You know, we all understand we're human and we're going to make mistakes, but. Tom didn't see it that way. Right? <laughs> Tom, Tom did not see it that way. It was, I, I would have a, you know, a, a game winning kick in a, in a game. And, you know, I had, you know, four, four field goals that game didn't miss any kicks, you know, and had one kickoff that was a little suspect. Um, You know, it wasn't where it's supposed to go or as high or I miss hit it or whatever. One kickoff was bad and the rest of the game for me was incredible. It was great. You know, I won the game and everything's great, you know, so on Monday after we're watching videos and films and, uh, past Tom Coughlin in the hallway. And, and he didn't say, Mike, that was, you know, it was the first time I seen him since the game, of course, you know, the first words out of his mouth. I was, I was thinking, oh, nice job, Mike, you know, keep it up, you know, keep up the good work. It wasn't that it was, oh, we got to work on that kickoff now. You know, we <laughs> we want to focus on the, on the negative, which right? at the time when you're young, you don't really understand that. Like, man, why is it, I can't do anything right for this guy, you know, but in hindsight, it's really him, wanting perfection and him wanting to, you know, get you to, you know, be perfect and do whatever it takes to be as perfect as you can be and learn from that one bad kickoff. So I, I, I really respect the man in a lot of ways. Um, but that was one of them is the fact that, you know, he, he really kept you accountable for mm-hmm. what you did. And of course, man, a minute I mentioned something, which I never did. Um, sometimes I, you know, gave him reasons why I would miss a kick, but sometimes they sounded like excuses. Um, he didn't want to hear any excuses that 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 excuses are not even an option <laughs> at that level so it right. was uh it was it was tough to play for him in, in that regard but in hindsight we look back you like you know the man made me a, a better man all around uh, mm-hmm. because of the things that he he um did and and how he you know treated certain situations so uh i do respect him uh, he's, he's a very intelligent man do you find that
0: or I guess, what do you see as the biggest struggle mentally or physically that high school kids face that you might work with going to college or college kids trying to? I guess it's two different questions, um, but, but what do you think a lot of college kids get wrong about trying to go the NFL free agent route or to trying to, to make it into the NFL
1: well, I, your question is, where do they go wrong when they're trying to make it in the NFL? Or, I, I guess, what is uh, what do
0: a lot of younger guys trying to make it in the NFL not fully understand about being a pro, or
1: what do they have to learn about being a pro before that becomes a reality? Um, you know, the the, the thing that a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys with with good abilities out there, but I, I think that, um you know, kids that, that don't, you know, see their full potential or, or maybe they do, but I, I you know, I, I'm going to give you kind of an, an all around answer for it. And I think it has to do with anybody's, you know, trying to get to the best of their ability. Um, I think that they're, they, they put a lot of pressure on themselves because, you know, and the other thing too, is if, you know, if they've had good kicks and they can kick the ball really well, then that just you know fuels their their fire. That that's like, oh, I, I know I can make it. And then once once they know or once they believe that they and, and they once they, you know, uh, decide to to make the move to try to go from high school to college or try to go from college to the NFL, that means now they've got some work to do. And so ultimately I think sometimes that they, you know, guys can put a lot of pressure on themselves. That's that's kind of my all, all around answer for any guy at any level. Um, is the, is the fact that they're, um, they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves because they're, they're now trying to make the kick. And if I go into more details with regards to technique and so forth, um, and no, <laughs> I'm, I'm adding all these things that the guys don't understand about me and, and my coaching and the things that I teach, I honestly don't care where the ball goes i i don't focus on that and and too many guys out there they're 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 result driven kickers and what i mean by that is their their priority is to make the kick my priority is to do good form and hit a, a solid ball mm-hmm. if i do my good form and hit a solid ball i know that the ball is going to go through so why should i even question that that's that's the and you asked about my you know mental beliefs and what i do mentally that's me that's mentally i i don't have to focus on any sort of mental you know imagery or any i never did i Mm -hmm. my mental i guess edge would be the fact that i trusted my form i was Mm -hmm. able to to trust what i was doing and and believe it or not i did not care where the ball went even in games i didn't care where the ball went isn't that kind of crazy to hear yeah (laughs) i i just because i was so confident knowing that my lineup once i got back to my spot and i was ready to go I kind of more or less told myself, all I have to do is really just put my foot on the ball and I know it's going to go through. Now, obviously it didn't go through all the time. Right. But ultimately, I think guys, um, and and this is, I guess, a roundabout answer going back to your question. I think they put too much pressure on themselves trying to make it to whatever whatever level is next. And then when you put pressure on yourselves, the result is you're trying to make the kicks now. Then you get a, a bunch of guys out there trying to steer the ball through and the last thing I want to do, you know, with, with my mentality, the way I think about kicking, the last thing I want to do, and then even the guys I teach, the last thing I, I want them to do, I don't even want them to do that, obviously, but is to steer a football or kick it carefully. You know, have the confidence to kick the ball the same no matter what. That's, I learned it pretty quickly, um, I think going into my second year of the NFL, um, I, I learned that I didn't have to do any more on game day where most guys think that, Oh, I got to hit the ball solid today. I got to be perfect today. I got to do this. They throw so much pressure on themselves. And I, I ultimately, I just dumbed it down. You know, you, you got the adrenaline of the game going on the excitement. It's, it's game day. You're, you're already amped up, you know, it's game day. You know, I was, I was a pretty calm kicker. I wasn't, I was, I was a nervous wreck. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was nervous. Um, but after the first couple of kicks, and you know you get all that out of your, your system it's right it, it's much better at that point, you know on, but my point in saying all that is the fact that most guys put so much pressure on themselves uh, to be perfect and you, you, and that and that changes what they do mechanically, and mm-hmm. i didn't i I did, but I didn't want to. there was times I, I did, and of course, the ones I missed, but I don't want to change my mechanics from what I was doing all week of practice last week. And now it's game day. I'm not going to, why would I change just because it's game day? I'm just going to focus on what I worked on the last three or four days and three or four days before that and three or four days before that. And you know, however however many years before that. Right. Yeah. It's, I
0: see it a lot. I think it's more the younger guys, but everybody has a, you know, there's, there's a tendency to at the first sign of trouble, totally jettison the mechanics that you've been working on for three years. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a kid who used to do that. I was very like still am like a more analytical person. And before I really kind of learned what my swing was, I would go out and rewrite my entire swing as a you know a high school kid on a field by myself for three hours. Like that's nuts. Yeah, um, but you know the it's it's and I I, I kind of find that this is true. You know the even if your mechanics aren't perfect, the guy who trusts a subpar swing always beats the guy who doesn't
1: trust his A-plus swing, if that kind of makes sense. I absolutely agree, 100%. And and adding more to that, you know, when you get into those – we talk about slumps. Like, oh, what do you do when you're in a slump? Well, I go back to the basics when I'm in a slump. But if you don't know the basics, if you don't know whatever your basics are, you know, and ultimately that's guys who just athletically steer the football through and there might be a couple things they kind of focus on work on that they think works. But when you get into the slump, if you don't know how to, you don't know what to go back to as far as what do you have a set standard of your basics? Um, most guys typically don't, they just athletically, you know, kicking the ball. So ultimately when you're focused on, you know, getting out of a slump, you got to really focus on just doing what you have been doing for so long and, and trusting that, it'll it'll work itself out and there might be certain things that will will tip you off to to what you might be thinking you know think you're doing wrong within your form but ultimately it's just getting back to the basics and and i you know i i always refer back to this one you know or phrase i should say just sure. dumbing it down you got to dumb it down simplify the process you cannot focus on and then, again that has a lot to do with the pressure that these kids are putting on each other or on themselves i'm sorry sure yeah
0: and i think you know and everything is going to be faster, bigger, stronger on game day. So if you, you know, your extra point might go 60 yards on game day, mm. and you're not even trying because you have so much adrenaline coursing through your veins. Mm-hmm. You don't even have, you don't have to try. It's going to go. Um, right. But trying to tell that to a nervous 15 year old kid is kind of, you know, can be, can be right. difficult. Right. I'm kind of curious. What was, what's your, how did you grow up with sports? and so, kind of the reason why I'm asked it's like more on the mental side of things, but a lot of kids that struggle with kicking in games or, you know, our quote unquote head cases with being kicker, kickers, punters, or snappers, they make the, the root cause is that they make, they make the mistake of equating their performance with their self-worth. And, I guess and what I find the guys who are prolific in college or the NFL, they can have a bad day or they, sorry, they could have a few bad kicks, but they never let it really let them like have a fully bad day, you know? Um, So I guess I'm curious for you, was there a moment when you kind of realized like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta lay off and, and not care so much about, what, what the ball is going to do. I know we kind of talked about that mechanically a, a couple minutes ago, but was there like an aha mental moment for you in high school, college or the pros where you where everything kind of finally
1: clicked and you got over that slump or that hurdle? Yeah. You know, there wasn't any one specific time or moment in my life that I had that aha moment. Um, I think it was accumulation of, of just a thought process. Um, I, I started off, you know, uh, playing soccer as a young kid, you know, and, and again, I wasn't the greatest soccer player. I wasn't real that fast. I played different positions, but uh, I did, I did, I was good enough to play in varsity in high school, but um, believe me, I was not the the fastest and most athletic guy on the team. Um, But ultimately, so, you know, knowing and and being okay with that, I think helped me a lot lot because I just knew, and this has been my mindset for a very, very long time. Um, I was never much of a goal setter. Um, per se um i didn't i didn 't write down goals you know end results i i never never thought of I, I i believe me i understand that goals are important i understand that it you know it drives you makes you work harder and you, you know you want to achieve your goal i i get that part but the thing is um i i didn 't like to fail and and knowing that I was okay with being Basically, an average athlete. Just being, you know, I, 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 it never bothered me that I wasn't always the best. Okay, so if I'm good, and this is kind of my mindset, and this is what I'm about to tell you here, if, if, if I can do things on a daily basis, and and whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it's my full-time job, whether it's kicking a football, whether it's coaching, um, whatever it is that I'm doing that specific day, at the end of the day, if I can look myself in the mirror and honestly tell myself that I did the best I could under the circumstances that I was given, then I won. I won that day, you know? So ultimately the, the thing is with, with goals is, is I never had like a long-term goal. Um, I, I didn't want to fail that goal. If you think about, you know, a realistic goal, I want to be hundred percent of yoga this year. It, it's realistic because it's possible, but it's very difficult to do because there's some things that are out of your control. So if, say for example, you miss a kick and it was your fault, and you wanted to be 100% that year, now you failed. Now what's going? Now the rest of the year, like oh shit, what do I do now? I just right. hang out and you know I, I failed. I failed. So what what should I do now? And then you get all sour about it and everything. So ultimately, what uh, what what I have found is that if if I can you know do the best that I can and and truly you know tell myself that and believe that. Uh, under the circumstances that I'm given that that's a very important thing because a lot of, a lot of kids, um, get too caught up into things that they cannot control. They cannot control. So ultimately what they do is they, you know, they, they try to change what they're doing based on exterior, exterior things that, that, that don't affect them at all. It's, you know more of a mindset thing than anything but so ultimately you know at the end of the day if you can you know focus on you know uh, doing the best you can and, and and knowing that you did under the circumstance you're given then then you've 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 achieved whatever it is you're you've done for the day so um my that that's a lot to a lot to do with my mental approach on a yeah. lot of stuff in life is and, and it and it takes a lot of pressure off that's the biggest point that i wanted to kind of make is the fact that you know i i didn't i didn't put a lot of pressure on me because my expectations were you know yeah I want to do as good as I can but I knew that I wasn't going to be ever ever going to be the best at whatever I was doing and 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 you and me and anybody it it depends on the day of course there's always going to be somebody better than you so you just have to accept it Mm -hmm. you know and not get down on yourself for it so Right, and that's that's the one thing too. Going from high school to college, I didn't know if I wanted to play college football. Like, yeah, I got the ability to kick. Maybe you know, if I go to college, I you know, I definitely it'd be nice to have a scholarship. Uh, that was my biggest goal. Is I guess back then, as as far as um, what I wanted to do is is earn a scholarship. So I didn't, you know, I wouldn't make my parents have to pay for any school. That was that was something I wanted to do. So I you know hey I I was good enough to I, and honestly I wasn't even good enough to play division 1 out of out of high school I was good enough in my opinion but again I was small and and I I was overlooked by so many teams and colleges and it's just it's incredible how many people overlooked me and now they're like wow I wish I would have you know, but um ultimately I I there was a lot of no's in my in my career and, and I just, you know, focused on what I can control and, and just tried to, to be the best that I could. And and here's kind of an important point too, is the fact that if if it goes back to that daily, you know, goal, we'll call it whatever, you know, that after every day if you look yourself in the mirror and you know that you the best in mm-hmm. the circumstance you did, yeah. That ultimately is really where i'm I'm, I'm going to as far as um, having the ability to to focus on, on on the things I need to focus on and and, and and i didn't expect to be an NFL kicker. I just wanted to do the best that I was physically capable of doing, and whatever level that got me to great mm-hmm. if I did if I got to a point where I was kicking the best that I possibly could, and I understood that that was that was going to be the, that was the best that i physically could do and that wasn't the nfl guess what i'm okay with that because <laughs> i did the best that i could do right you know but a lot of people don't look at it that way they they, they think oh well why can't i do that or they're, they're very prideful and they, they they can't accept the fact that they're not the best and that is absolutely wrong wrong way to look to, it's the worst way to look at things sure you know that there is always going to be somebody better than you
0: mm. so
1: just do the best you can
0: yeah i think comparison is is always, you know, poisonous, but I think especially when you look at, especially how college football recruiting works now with all this Twitter hype and, you know, commitment and offers and all this stuff, it, it, it is very easy for a young kid
1: or a young high school athlete to fall into that stuff. Um, well, and, and, and add the parents and add the extra uh, extracurricular, you know, uh, the, the other people that that right. blow these kids up. And that, that to me is, 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 is torture. That is, that's awful. That's the worst thing you can do to a kid is, is tell them how good they are. And, oh, you should be, you you definitely are a division one, you know, caliber kicker. Oh, you should, you know, don't, don't feed kids full of, of information. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even tell the best kicker in the nation. Oh man, you're going to be, I wouldn't even tell them that they, if, if they if they know that great, if they don't great, you know, again, that's not, it's not, you know, obviously I want to commend somebody and, and give them some, some respect and some, some props where, where they, they're deserved. But ultimately I don't want to give a kid the impression, especially, you know, the, the, the right kind of kid. I mean, if it's, if it's a very humble kid and and, and I know that, I'll tell him, yeah, man, you got, you got some good potential here, and I think you know Division One is in your in your future. I'll tell him that. But you got a kid that is not so humble and, and is, is on social media and bragging about kicking a, a light pole uh, one out of every six tries, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then putting them back to back to back to back to back in a video, and uh, it's just and kicking a six yard field goal. You know, they won't mention the win, you know, all that stuff. It's, right. it's just there. There wasn't social media back when I was playing, so I, I didn't have the ability to. To, to see what people thought about me and, and try to impress people. I, I didn't have that ability and, and nor would I would, I wouldn't have done that anyway. So I, right. I, I, I think kids are, are mentally getting kind of uh, persuaded in a way um, right. that um, that's, it's, 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 um, it's not, it's not fair for the kid. I think it's, you know, these parents yeah. are, and you, you know, you know, as well, it, this kicking coaching world has become, kind of evil in a way um <laughs> well i think because it's, of it's, because of that kind of attitude right. those kind of attitudes you know and then there's coaches out there that are just you know they're they're um, stealing guys or claiming guys or you know whatever it's just it's it's just a i'd like to say something but i know we're, we're recording something right now so i won't <laughs> say what i really want to say but you know it's, so. yeah. no, it's, it's tough
0: it's tough it's more like an episode of narcos on netflix yeah. and it's like it, but that, you know it's funny i was talking to a couple other coaches that like train quarterbacks and wide receivers and D linemen and stuff. And it, you know, it happens in every cottage industry, but I think it's especially um, present in a, such a small market like kicking Um, you you mentioned parents and I think, you know, sometimes the only thing harder than being a kicker is being the parent of a kicker in the stands. And some parents listen to this podcast too. What would you tell a parent, uh, what's like one piece of advice you would give a parent who wants to, you know, support their kid as they try to be a kicker and punter, but also like give them their space to, to be their own person.
1: Well, I, I think exactly what you just said, you know, support them, but give them space. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty simple, really. I, I think the parents that get to too involved um, with their kid. Um, I, I, and, and when I say too involved, I mean, you know, let's, let's go to this camp over here in Washington state and let's, Hey, let's go to see so-and-so in Dallas. Let's go up to, uh, you know, up, up to Wisconsin and work with so-and-so and there there's, and, and they, what they do. And I've, I've had kids like this. They, they proudly say, Oh, I, I, I focus on grabbing certain techniques from all kinds of coaches and kind of implementing them into my own, which, you know, it, it might work for them, but I, I don't think it's – there's a lot of things, and ultimately I'm referring to what, what I'm teaching, but there's a lot of things that I teach that, that doesn't – a lot of little specific tech, technique um, things that I teach, they don't mix with a lot of the other stuff that's taught out there. But ultimately, um, you know, the, 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 what what parents – uh, um, shouldn 't do is 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 um, you know blow their kid up into thinking they 're the best that 's one thing they shouldn 't do um, just be humble about it you know support your your kid the best way you can um, also don 't get involved in their in their in their training too much i mean if if you you have experience and you know, you, you have an interest in, in kicking as a parent and you're learning from whoever it is that's coaching your kid or whatever. Um, and if they, even if there isn't somebody coaching their kid and maybe these guys are looking on, which is another bad thing, they're looking on YouTube and finding out all these little things and, Oh, that looks good. I think I'll try that. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of misinformation in my opinion out there right now. So, um, you're, you know, as a parent, you know, looking up stuff like that, trying to, you know, teach yourself as a, as a dad or a mom, um, about kicking and then trying to teach your, your, your son or, or daughter even to, to kick a certain way. And it's, it's, you're, you know, you're not the experienced person. Um, therefore you should let somebody, you know, who's experienced, let, let, um, uh, you know, let them do the coaching. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's, um, the, the mindset of, of the parents, um, can, can definitely, um, you know play a part uh, negatively in in the in the child's development of kicking and ultimately you know where they're going whether it's college or or pro right uh, i think the parents um if they're if they're too involved in the wrong ways uh they can definitely affect um a lot of the the things um, I'm thinking of a quarterback i think it was vinny testaverdi or somebody back in the day i can't know it wasn't vinny testaverdi was somebody that um that was uh, made national news it was because the, the dad was so involved in the guy's you know, workouts and things like that. And he just, he just pushed him too far. And the guy nice. failed ultimately He didn't really last long in the NFL. And, and, you know, he, he, he didn't do well. So ultimately I think it, it can destroy a, a kid, um, right. really.
0: Um, what is the one thing you would like You uh, players that work with you
1: to take away from their experience with you as a coach well I I I, the thing that they you know guys need to know and understand about um, the technique and the form and 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 what we're actually teaching um it's it's unfortunate because the uh, you know the mindset of the of the younger kids these days um in I'll call it entitlement call it what you want but there's a there's been a sense of entitlement for a lot of younger generation um, and I think that they have that mindset of you know they want it now you know they they, they don't want to work for things that's kind of the whole um, definition of entitlement is like you know I deserve to have this and I don't need to work for it sort of thing um, so I, I cringe when I see are uh, here kickers talking about, well, this coach said I can, I can gain 10 yards just by coming to see, you know, see him. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> one, one day is not going to get you 10 yards on your kickoff, you know, it's accumulation. And, and that's the sad part about, um, a lot of uh, of of kickers out there that that don't have that proper mindset is the fact that they they think that you know maybe they might be a little athletic and and but I, like I said before you know your athletic ability is going to only last you so long you can only get so good with just your athletic ability you need you need form and technique um, proper form and technique obviously but I, I think that they they have that mindset of of wanting it now and so they tend to to migrate towards the kicking coaches out there that that. I guess more or less promise. Oh, I can get you that now, you know, and the recruiting aspect too, you know, I, Oh, I want to get recruited. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, I, I, another thing I cringe about is these, these coaches that, that, um, yeah, they have a lot of connections, colleges and so forth, but I would never guarantee a kid a scholarship. You know, I would never tell a kid or their parents, that i can get their kid a scholarship it's just not not true um, totally of course there might be some guys out there that are really good and, and eventually will get scholarships but you know the the, the bottom line is if a kid's going to if he can kick well he'll he'll make it somewhere you know and again uh, it it goes back to that whole mindset of what 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 have they been told are they have they been told that they're the greatest in the world and they th- there's no doubt that they'll be playing division 1 Well, if they're told that, then that's what they're going for. And if they're not good enough to kick at that level, they're going to either sit behind guys at that level, um, join a a college or a team only to sit on the bench for their entire career, or maybe play maybe their last year, um, or they will get a little humble pie and they will accept a division two or three or NAIA school scholarship. There's a million of them out there. You know, what are these kids thinking? I went to, and I've mentioned this in my story before, but I kind of got lost, lost track, but I went to junior college for two years because I didn't get any, uh, options. I didn't have, I've had a couple division one schools wanted me to walk on, but they had kickers there that were, that were, you know, uh, four year guys that they, they, you know, I would have waited for a while. So I didn't want to do that. I wanted a scholarship and I wanted to play. So I took it upon myself to and I swallowed some pride. I don't know, call it what you want, but I went to a junior college for two years and then even going from junior college to, to, to my university of Idaho, Uh, You know, Idaho was a one double a school back then. And so I I still didn't get to the highest level of college football. But you know what, I was okay with that, because I earned a scholarship and I was kicking well and it ultimately made me work harder and ultimately proved a lot of people wrong. But um, ultimately, you know, what I want our kickers to get out of of what we're training is, is it's a commitment. It's 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 something you got to work on. Um, if you want to, you know, whether it's golf, you know, you think of a guy like Tiger Woods. He didn't learn his swing yesterday. <laughs> he spent years and hours and hours and hours of training to get to where he is now. And all these, all these professional golfers, they didn't just become a professional golfer overnight. Um, and I think that's that's a little misled by some of the kicking coaches out there that are telling these kids they can and they really can't. So ultimately, you know, what I want these kids to understand and learn from, from us is, is we do teach and and I'm very prideful of what we teach and because I, I lived it. And the fact that, you know, uh, the, the one of the things that we tell kids too, is like, listen, you know, I played in the NFL for nine years, you know, and and I kicked a 59 yard field goal in the NFL, in a game, in a dome. So it wasn't win aided, blah, blah, blah. I can tell these kids, all these great things that I've done in my, in my NFL career. And the thing that really stands out is the fact that I was five, eight, 180 pounds. Now, I wasn't big, you know, so most, most of these kids that, you know, they, 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 they think that, uh, you know, well, you know, of course Mike did good. He was, you know, if I was big, like, like a Sebastian Janikowski size or whatever, if I was really big and athletic, then they'd say, well, yeah, of course, look at him. He's real big and strong and athletic. Well, I'm not. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is, and that's, that's really where I'm, I'm going with that is the fact that it's, it's good that somebody like me at the size that I played in the NFL could make it in the NFL and play for nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that because of my technique, I can promise you it wasn't because of my athletic ability. I was, I was a decent athlete, but so ultimately, and, and a lot of hard work, of course, so ultimately I want to tell uh, guys and, and kickers that, that come to train with us that listen, it's, it's going to be, it's a commitment. You've got to buy into what we're saying and, and understand that, um, Things have to kind of fit together in order for you to have your best kick. And I, I've told kids this too, and it, it's, it is the best feeling in the entire world. As a coach, when you, when you finally have a kid saying, I felt exactly what you have been trying to, to teach me. When I had that, that, that last kick I just did, I finally got it. I get it now. Mm-hmm. And, and then you start kicking really good from that point on. That's a really good feeling. But it takes time and effort and a lot of work to get to um, the level, of course, that I did. But I did that. I wanted it enough to work on it. And that's the thing that right. some kids these days don't understand.